Welcome to the Amphenol Frontline Podcast, where we share success stories and best practices of Amphenol management throughout the corporation. This episode features Mark Ross, General Manager of Nova Sensors in Fremont, California, as we discuss how he's dealing with scaling the business to handle the rapid increase in production for sensors used in ventilators during the coronavirus pandemic around the world. First of all, Mark, thanks for taking time out of what I know is now a busy time for you and for Nova Sensors. But just as a refresher for people who may not have heard when you and I had an episode a few months ago uh, talking about Nova Sensors, amongst other things, just give us a quick recap of what it is that your business does. So on Nova Sensors, I'm producing pressure sensors and other types of sensors, really MEMS-based sensors. Uh, for about 30 years out in Fremont, California. We do the fabrication of the MEMS devices, and then we have a number of manufacturing yeah. facilities throughout the world that we attach that really sensitive to device, device to a lot of different package solutions. So that's uh, the short recap of what we do. And you were part of an acquisition, not you personally, but Nova Sensors was part of a, a larger acquisition years ago, right? Yeah, so six years ago, um, this group was the GE Advanced Sensor Group, and yeah, we went we went in and bought these uh, a few companies, one in St. Mary's, one here in Fremont, California, and a few other. And that was Amphenol's first, um, you know, jump into sensors. So now we come. We're going to quickly jump ahead here because we are all involved in trying to deal with and combat this coronavirus pandemic worldwide, uh, including within our factories in Amphenol, um, in trying to accommodate business in our different factories and make sure that all of our people are safe and health and safety is of utmost importance. But at the same time, we've also seen a number of opportunities that have come about because of the global fight against this pandemic. And your division, has an opportunity right now to help in that fight. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? So I might bounce around a little bit on this. The, um, there's actually two divisions out in California. One operation run by my colleague, um, Paul Sensors, is uh, in Morgan Hill, just south of me, about 30 plus. By today, it's about 30 minutes. <laughs> um, with traffic, it's about 50 minutes. Right. But the roads are empty. So Dale Downhauer is general manager of that group. And then myself in Fremont. Um, Dale and All Sensors does a lot of products that are very similar to mine, very similar market as mine. And then another group in St. Mary's, uh, Pennsylvania, does thermistors, uh, was really the first indication that there was an opportunity to provide products. Into, into this fight against, you know, the outbreak. So we first saw this with uh, temperature sensors. So, you know, thermometers, digital thermometers that are essentially touchless. So, you know, the operator could just basically scan somebody and read their temperature really accurately and safely. Um, was our first indication that there was products out there that were needed. There was literally an explosion on infrared sensors, something that uh, my sister, Fab, the fabrication facility in Korea, manufactures. And that's exploded. So the demand on infrared sensors has actually pulled me into rapidly spinning up my fabrication facility 
to do IR sensors. So I'm now manufacturing IR sensors to help the uh, sensor group, or pardon me, the St. Mary's facility, get more infrared sensors out. And when I say that that requirement or that need has increased a hundredfold, I'm not exaggerating. It's, it's, it's amazing how many. So that was a month ago that that really exploded. And then a few weeks ago, you see ventilators. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is literally the second domino of a few more that are going to come in terms of medical equipment that is needed for urgent care and then post care. So after somebody has, you know, the requirement of a ventilator, um, they don't just get to go on to some, you know, they, you just don't unplug the ventilator and they go, you know, home. There's a, it's a really interesting thing on what's happened with ventilators. So the IR sensor for thermometers is out there and, and we're talking about 30 million units. I mean, it's, it's amazing how many we're talking about. Maybe even more because as it's gone from Asia, to Southeast Asia, Asia to Europe to North America, you were seeing these volumes come in. It's, it's really sustaining. So now we're all in ventilators, mm -hmm. all in ventilators. This is something that's a, a bit of a legacy business for Nova Sensor. And I brought up all sensors earlier because it's also a legacy business for Gale at all sensors. But it's really a, a kind of a tale of both sides. I'm really in the uh, high volume, low mix part of ventilators. There's about a dozen manufacturers mm -hmm. globally that focus on ventilators that traditionally have produced ventilators to the tune of two, 3,000 a year, Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, this is about where they've been at. Um, a few of my customers that are really focused on CPAP and oxygen concentrators, um, which are really high volume, direct-to-consumer products, so it's really massive volumes. Well, they also produce ventilators, but at a small, much smaller quantity. Right. But they've got that supply chain, they've got that infrastructure already spun up. Well, so those are what the customers that I would focus on or have print position and have had a relationship with. Dale, at all sensors, is really the high-mix, low-volume, custom, niche And so he's been servicing for many years a lot of those customers that have had this requirement. And so now we're seeing in the last couple of weeks, and Chris, I don't think that it's been two weeks, have just crashed on us for mm. a demand. Yeah. And the volumes that we're talking about where I would build 2,000 in a year, they're, they're asking for 10,000 in a week. Jeez. Now, not, not to go out for the whole year, but to go from where we had, you know, really planned material and scheduled, you know, our production lines around that low rate consumption to now, have, you know, say, hey, I need 10,000 a week. And uh, by the way, in three weeks or pardon me, in three months, can you get to 72,000 pieces in a month? Wow. Um, so it's and that's just one. So this is just one customer. Mm -hmm. and like we've got about a dozen that have come to us. And so, the, you know, the all sensor team and, and my team are working literally around the clock to get these customers the parts they need, you know, and we're targeting April. We've gotten a lot of customers parts right away. Some of those installed customers that I talked about that had, um, you know, CPAP devices, they've got that um, ventilator infrastructure already in place. They've spun that up pretty quickly, but uh, yeah, 
getting some parts out that we normally take about 14, 15 weeks to get out. Now we're getting them out in two, three weeks. It's a lot. And yeah, so the ventilators is something that's come in and it's come in at, at a volume that I don't think any of us would have seen. So with all of that, I mean, just this massive sudden increase in, in business, just at a high level, what have you had to do to make sure you scale up your business properly in order to support all these new opportunities? Well, the first challenge, you know, California was one of the first states that implemented a shelter in place. So both Dale and I reside in counties that um, were the first counties. So there's this six counties in the Bay Area, Northern California, got together, and this is in and around the San Jose area got together and said, hey, there's a shelter-in-place order that they put together. Um, a couple days later, the entire state of California put a shelter-in-place order together. Um, on top of that, you know, we had a lot of the tech companies that were putting shelter-in-place orders together before the state actually did. So it was, I think, important for us as a business, both Dale's business and myself, really to make sure that our employees felt safe. So I got everybody out of the building in Fremont, Dale sent the same in Morgan Hill. We got everybody out of the building that was not essential to production first. Mm-hmm. Second, we really worked hard with our operators, the, you know, the technicians, the process engineers. If they were an individual that were required to, to build the product, we wanted to make sure that they felt safer in the building than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you that, you know, we, we were successful in that. Many of the people that we talked to feel this is the safest place they can be. Both Dale and I, I have a little bit tighter clean room, but Dale's got a clean environment in his, but I have a, a you know, HEPA level clean room. So the operators have to gown up, they and then they go into a closed environment. So they, it's a really safe environment for them to be in. But what we did is we took everybody out of the building to reduce the number of potential contact with the outside world. So the operators that are now working round the clock, so we've got three shifts plus weekends, feel, well, it's twofold. One, they're working in an area, you know, in the state of California, where a lot of people have been furloughed or released. Um, you know, the teams here are working and they're working around the clock. And they're in an area where they get to gown up, wear masks uh, around everybody else that's in a clean room. I've also accelerated just the, the normal stuff. We've accelerated the cleaning of the facility. We do a, a couple of deep cleans a day. Right. Um, we took care of all the common areas. We eliminated visitors. Essentially, we just said, you're the most important person in the building. What do you need to feel comfortable? And it is kind of a funny story. You know, I thought I was, I thought I would offer up lunch or dinner and some of the operators like, well, where's the lunch or dinner coming from? I know where my lunch came from (laughs) and I don't know if I want them to come in. So they're treating the entire building like their sanctuary, which uh, makes me feel pretty good that we did a good job making them feel safe. Oh, well, that's great. And, you know, I think this opportunity, while you don't want it to come about in these circumstances, certainly in this day and age, uh, hopefully you learn some lessons, not only you, but Dale at all sensors and the team there learn a lot of lessons out of this. 
uh, get some more opportunities, and ultimately, the most important thing, help out people who really need these parts in order to survive this pandemic. So, Mark, I wish you and the team at Nova Sensors, and I guess uh, by proxy, Dale and the team at All Sensors, the best of luck uh, with this opportunity over the next few weeks and months, and maybe we'll check back with you when it calms down a little bit just to see lessons learned with all this. Uh, thank you very much. I'd love to uh, put a recap together. There's a lot of lessons learned. I think uh, the 24-hour cycle is something that we've learned. I mean, every, everything changes every day. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's been something that's been an eye-opener for a lot of people, for sure. So again, Mark, best of luck, and um, we'll talk to you soon. Please, hey, thank you, and I know you're in New York. Stay safe, please. Uh, you're in the thick of things. Uh, you guys are ahead of us, so please, to all my former colleagues uh, back there, um, thinking about you guys, stay safe, and uh, talk to you all soon. Thank you, Mark. Thank you.